Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to the show. If you're just joining us for the first time, uh, welcome. Bit of an overcast Melbourne morning, but uh, no rain at the moment. Should be okay for the tennis. Quarterfinals get underway at Melbourne Park uh, this afternoon. One man that was part of the SEN call team last night uh, covers the game better than most is Courtney Walsh, and he joins us this morning. Morning, Walshy. Yeah, good morning, Jules. I'm hoping all is well with you and the family. Going well, thank you. Uh, last night, oh, this whole thing around Novak Djokovic's injuries fascinates me. I mean, what's your take? Are we unfair when we um, analyse his injuries? Does he play up injuries? Has he got a bad hamstring? How do you sort of cut your way through it all? Uh, it's very, very, very perplexing, Jules. Uh, speaking to, a, I suppose, a coach... Uh, Yesterday, he said, hamstring, spare me. You, you, listen, to, you listen to Marcus Bagdonis uh, talking yesterday, and he said, has no doubt it's a, there's, there's an issue of sorts, but he's still moving incredibly well, and he has an ability to master this. Uh, you know, Taylor Fritz, the, uh, the top American, who a couple of years ago had a very hefty advantage against Novak in, a, in an Australian Open final when he... Sorry, Australian Open third round when he tore a abdominal muscle yep. in that match and somehow still managed to find a way through that and also uh, all the way through to winning the title with the tear that sort of lengthened to by about 1.2 centimetres to 2.7 centimetres. Uh, you know, he said, look, people carrying niggles onto court, some exaggerate, well, some handle it more quietly than others, some uh, perhaps throw them up doesn't necessarily think it's showmanship or, uh, you know, or a form, I suppose, of uh, putting your rival off, but just says some people handle it differently. Novak, I think, is someone who is clearly vocal about it and, uh, and doesn't hide that he's having an issue. Now, whether that's part of his mental uh, plan, whether it's legitimate, uh, people are clearly having some discussions about that, but he was very, very, very... Uh, uh, expensive in Serbian press mm. after, afterwards, so players will speak in English and he was fairly straight, he straight batted a lot of questions in terms of how he was feeling, what he was doing to cope with this problem. Uh, in Serbian, he certainly had a crack at uh, those accusing him of foxing. Uh, he, he was talking about, uh, he, he's talked about a documentary that he's going to put out at some stage. Now, at the time, he said he would release the scans from his uh, Stomach muscle injury a couple of years ago. He said he might do that again with this, with the MRI scans for this. He may not. It's, uh, it's in his domain. But he was certainly combative. There's never any shortage of drama around Novak. But the bottom line is, again, at Melbourne Park, he's playing unbelievably, particularly last night. Of the remaining seven players uh, in the field, who's the best chance, do you think, of beating Novak, if anyone is to beat him before this tournament ends? Look, I do think that it's probably Sitsipas. Uh, you know, he did lead Novak in a French Open final a couple of years ago that went uh, the distance. It was a really tight match, and we know that he plays so well at Melbourne Park. He 
he has demonstrated that time and again. He was really good against Yannick Sinner, I thought, uh, on Sunday night in that thrilling five-set match. Uh, found his serve and his arm again deep in the fifth set and, and, and really finished off strongly. So I think he is certainly a chance. Look, Rublev is the next rival. A uh, very talented Russian, but he's now in his seventh Grand Slam quarterfinal, which is a very, very good deed and a measure of his consistency and his talent. But he hasn't been able to go beyond that. And he did go to a fifth set tiebreaker yesterday. So if you look at freshness, Dimonor, uh, well, sorry, Djokovic destroying Dimonor in less than two hours or Rublev forced to a, to a fifth set tiebreaker, which he wins with a dead leg court against Rune. Well, you're probably backing the Serbian in there to be uh, coming out and feeling uh, a little better on the court tomorrow. Uh, and then, look, in the other semi-final, two Americans, who one of whom is clearly an outstanding... Well, they're both very, very, very good players, but in Ben Shelton, perhaps we're seeing something special uh, with what he's doing on the tour. But the inexperience is there. You know, neither of them have gone to this stage of a Grand Slam before. Uh, Shelton's only in his second uh, Grand Slam overall. So to, to suggest that if it is Djokovic on the other end of the net, other end of the court, and... Uh, either Shelton or Paul go up against him, well, you know, I think that's uh, in danger of being one-way traffic in a semi-final. So I would argue that it sits a pass from this side of the draw, but he still has to get through today. That's right. I was going to ask you about the Americans, Walsh. You were talking to Courtney Walsh, uh, tennis journo, about all things at the Australian Open. Sort of growing up, you know, the American men were so dominant, you know, Agassi and Courier and then Sampras and then Andy Roddick came along as well. But they've sort of been in the doldrums. For a long time. Now you've got this huge batch, you know, Fritz and Tiafo, probably the, the two biggest names. They went out early in the tournament. You've got Corder playing today, the two you just mentioned. What are they doing right over in America that is suddenly producing a whole heap of quality men's tennis players? Yeah, you, you, you touch on uh, your very good point. And it's the first time I think in 20 years we've had three Americans in the quarterfinals of the Australian Open and the men's ranks. Uh, and I think they now will comprise, at the end of this Open, 20% of the top 50. So effectively 10 in the top 50, which is you know, a staggering achievement. Um, they've got a really strong college system over there, uh, which is where Shelton's come from. He had a couple of seasons uh, playing uh, in what's effectively their university college, uh, yeah, university system. We see the footballers coming through and playing in the NFL. It's a similar type of situation in the college ranks. But also at junior level, clearly there's great funding. Uh, the climate in some some areas, uh, you know, Florida in particular, is conducive to uh, world-class tennis conditions all year round. That's got to be a factor. They've got great coaches. Uh, you know, a lot of Australian coaches are over there. A lot of blokes, I suppose, from my generation, Jules, uh, Philippoussis' general, outstanding sort of uh, tour players or players just below the tour. They end up in Florida coaching. Um, and that happens from around the world. So they do have great sort of systems in place to produce players. Now, whether whether it's just coaching that is uh, at play or whether you need a genuine freak like a Djokovic to come through, like a Kyrgios who's a mercurial talent, maybe the Sampras, uh, Agassiz were just unbelievably gifted players that would have succeeded in any sort of system. But nonetheless, they've got, a, you know, they've got one that's capable of training out world-class players on a, on a regular basis. Yeah, they're doing beautifully at the moment, the Americans. Uh, one is in action today, as we mentioned, uh, Seb Corder. That looks like a really interesting match against uh, Karen Hatchinoff. Who do you like in that one? Corder's been exceptionally good, and if we're looking at uh, the Djokovic form line, Corder went all the way and almost yeah. top 
against Adelaide. Admittedly in three sets. So I think he's been playing really well. Whether he recovers from that very big fifth set match against uh, Hubert Hurkacz a couple of days ago, that's the quandary for mine. I, I do like the way Harshanov's been playing. Uh, he, he was the one that famously derailed uh, Nick Kyrgios's run at the US Open last year in the quarterfinal when Kyrgios was the favourite for the title. So I think the Russian will be very hard to beat. And, and line, line ball, but, but I like the Russian given quarter had to go five sets a couple of days ago. Women's, so yeah. the, sorry, you go. Sorry, I was going to say, yeah. Uh, women's quarterfinals today as well. Rabaikina and Ostapenko, who, who both caused uh, upsets in their own right uh, the other day, knocking out the number one seed and also Coco Goff, who a lot of people thought could go very far. That's a good match. But I, I love the one on paper between Bagula who's probably just getting over the disappointment of the Buffalo Bills being knocked out of the NFL playoffs, and uh, Victoria Azarenka, who what, finished up at 2 o'clock the other morning. Yeah, look, in terms of both of those, I think Robbie Kenner, the reigning Wimbledon champion, uh, I think she was very, very good against Fiantec, who I think is below par of this tournament. Hasn't been quite at their best of the world, number one, but Robbie Kenner put it to the sword. Ossipenko can hit winners from anywhere. Uh, she's a former French Open champion, uh, but I do like Robbie Kenner in that one. And in terms of the Pagula as a ranker matchup, the, the query for me is that Jess hasn't, she's made four, four Grand Slam quarterfinals in the last five majors, but similar to Rublev, hasn't progressed beyond that stage. I do think that ends tonight. As a ranker, you know, the dual Aussie Open champion, uh, former world number one, fought so hard to get through uh, to this stage. It's good to see her back in a quarterfinal in Melbourne, seven years since the last time she did that. But it was a 2.17 finish yeah. uh, in the morning, Jules. She's not out of Melbourne Park till well after three. We saw Andy Murray sort of struggle to come back after that uh, epic against Kokonakis. In part, it was the physical demands of that. But Azarenka's gone three sets very early in the morning. I, I just don't know how she recovers from that. And Pagula's playing exceptionally good tennis. So I, I do think it's a right beginning of Pagula double today. Just on Victoria Azarenka, she's a character and she's a bit quirky. Um why was she wearing, like, big sunglasses at a media conference at, what, 3 a.m. in the morning the other day? <laughs> there are some things that are beyond me, Jules, and uh, diagnosing uh, Novak's uh, injury, that's certainly something that I, I, I could not put a finger to. And uh, as to that, well, would you have dated Red Foo back in the day? I'm not so sure I would have, but uh, no, sorry <laughs> not, I did. Not my type, so, Walshie, but that's okay. No, Each to their own. Um, but she is an exceptionally talented player. No, that one I can't answer. The uh, the three M. I mean, it's bright in that press room at times, but uh, at that time, yeah, perhaps it was an indication that I just want to get home to bed. Uh, it is past three o'clock. Let's keep this brief. And just finally, uh, we've obviously got the business end to come. How have you seen the tournament overall? There, you know, there was a few concerns with, you know, from the outside. You know, Kyrgios withdrawing. Nadal goes out early. Alcaraz wasn't here. Maybe it's not the strongest women's field we've seen. Of course, Ash Barty not returning this year. How have you seen the tournament so far in terms of quality, storylines, etc.? Uh, look, I, I'm, I'm always one that uh, the sport is bigger than any one player, and certainly they've had some blows, but there are always new stars coming through for mine. Uh, I know there's been uh, you know, certainly some criticism from some aspects of the media about, uh, about the events and, and that it would be a fizzer. Well, in terms of numbers through the doors... Unbelievable amount of people already through about 580,000 or so uh, in the first week alone. Whether it's had an impact on ratings without Nick Kyrgios, for example, being there, I, I can accept that that's probably a probably a factor. But look, by and large, being on site, you've seen the people there; they're having a great time. So 
you probably back the numbers and, and, and you also accept that it's a global sport as opposed to just a purely you know, local sport. Kyrgios being out was a, a huge issue for Australians for a day. Around the world, no one else cared about yeah, that. that's a good point. The tournament progressed. No, that's a good point. And you're right. Every year there's uh, there's stories, there's controversy, and there's new stars on the rise. And we might see that between now uh, and the final. Walsh, you always uh, good to chat. Uh, enjoy the uh, the first segments of the quarterfinals today. Absolute pleasure, Jules. Great to talk to Courtney Walsh. He covers tennis uh, better than most. He travels to Wimbledon, US Open. He's been the French Open. So uh, always great to tap into his tennis knowledge. Uh, after the break, we're going to turn our attention to golf. Uh, David Michaluzzi is about to tee it up uh, down at the Rosebud Country Club in the first of the Players Series. He's also flying on the order of merit at the moment. We'll touch base with him after the break. This is mornings for the Hyundai Tucson Turbo Diesel. It's in stock now.